I've been proud. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. And guys, I mean, football is back, baby, and it was awesome. I mean, like, the the vibe in my house and just wanting to watch football again has just been such a passion. Um, you know, I, John, you and I were talking about just trying to sit back and enjoy it. But man, it was hard not to enjoy it. That first day of slate of, of games was oh, just yeah. phenomenal. And it's exactly what we thought, right? We all knew Patrick Mahomes is going to throw five touchdowns. We all knew this and that. And now we finally get football, and it's and it's just back, baby. I was eating up every minute of it. And like I said, it, it, it's just so much more enjoyable when you're not stressing on your all your lineups every few minutes, refreshing, refreshing, and just kind of sit back and enjoy football for what it is and fantasy for what it is. And I was just soaking it up. Loved having football back on my TV. And wow, do I have so many takeaways. I can't wait to break it down with you guys tonight. And Mung, I mean, you've been grinding all offseason, one of the hardest workers out there. I mean, it has to be nice just to have football back again. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire almost looked relevant. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's like a dam breaking, right? We've just been holding up all these thoughts, all these all this analysis for the last you know five months. And finally, we get to see all these players that we've been talking about nonstop in action. And uh, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of players have shocked in both good ways and bad. And uh, it's important to react appropriately. Yeah, and I think this, this episode in particular is about those week one reactions, right? I mean, I get right. so many people, especially after Thursday night where you know Cam Akers had his disappearing act with three carries and Stafford looked bad. And Allen Robinson, you know, was out there just running cardio, 95 out of 97 routes, but he only got targeted twice and got one reception. And Thursday was just... I mean, the Bills came out there and they just showed that they're going to be that be that team. But then it was like everything that's been going on, Twitter's just overreacting like crazy. I mean, we're looking at things from a totally sure. different light. And I think social media and and the, the amount of podcasts out there, the amount of content, people want to win their DFS. They want to win their leagues. They want to, to be in that area, but they overreact so much. And I think this is just a cautionary tale of, guys... If you've been listening to this podcast, and you know many of you have, we've put you in a position where you know last week we were going over some of those hot takes. We've been telling you what rookies are going to hit, and if they don't do it in one week, it's not time to sell. I mean, I have never in all my years of Dynasty seen such a mad dash of people just trying to unload players because they had a poor week one. Yeah, I think it really is one of the best times to look at trades and take advantage of the panicking owners, the overreacting owners. I have a few different suggestions I would make, but like we always say on this show, don't overreact, but do react. Like watch what's happening out there, make some adjustments and then go out and take advantage of some smart moves with some of these other owners out there that you just described. Yeah. And Mung, you're one of the most savvy rankers out there. I know you're always updating things Talk to me, run me through how, how you go about that. Because 
Honestly, the overreaction city is just crazy, and then you got to move guys up. I mean, you know, a lot of people have Saquon Barkley as their dynasty RB12. Now they're moving him up to two, or they got a guy that's, you know, has a bad week. They move Cam Akers from RB12 to RB28, you know, and like those seem like some really big overreactions, but again, to your point, I mean, we can't underreact. We got to make some, and we're going to help you guys sort through that, but Mung, can you run us through how you, you operate in that whole ranking system? Sure. Well, first of all, I think you picked two bad examples because already preseason, I had Barkley as the RB3 in Dynasty, uh, still only 25 years old, and we're seeing that explosiveness again week one. And two, I, I don't think it's crazy to move Cam Akers way down after just one week because to have Daryl Henderson play, I think it was close to 80% of the snaps, uh, despite being active, no, you know, no reports of any setbacks medically or physically or anything. That's that's really that's a really bad sign for Acres, right? I mean, you shouldn't sell for a third just because the hit rate on third round rookie picks are so low. But honestly, I I, I don't know what to do with Acres right now. I, I think sometimes it's okay to say that we don't know, right? Because he has such a wide range of outcomes. Because we also know that Daryl Henderson hasn't really stayed healthy throughout his career. He's had issues, and if he's going to see this kind of workload for the next few weeks, there's a, a decent chance that with Kylan Hill on the IR, that Cam Akers could have a workhorse role as soon as week two or three. I mean, we saw Elijah Mitchell already go down. Um, it's just there's a lot to process from one week of games. And I, I think it's important to think, or ex excuse me, it's important to say that there are certain situations where we just don't know and we shouldn't react too strongly one way or the, or the other, or it's okay to sell acres for a second or buy for a second, depending on that wide range of outcomes. Well, it really depends on your team. I mean, Cam Akers is one of those yeah. guys I've been hearing the most of, of like, Hey, should I sell Cam Akers for Kareem Hunt? I'm a contender. Okay, you know, we're, we're maybe bleeding a little bit of value. Some people are, I've seen on Dynasty Trade Finder or DLF's Trade Finder, he went for a 25 third, you know, and I'm like, that's not how winning is done, guys. I mean, if you look closely to some of the things, he w he he was in there for 12 snaps. He missed a lot of assignments. They were, you know, there's some things there that he definitely needs to work on. But we've seen him be, I've, I've been the lowest out of the three of us on K-Makers going into it. I mean, I have don't have him on a single team out of my 18, but I'm out there. Right now, I'm pursuing for a second, and I haven't been able to buy anywhere because I feel like if we had him high enough where he was going rounds four or five in that area, maybe even six, I think it's worth the gamble to try to put that in there. And I think that's what we really got to look at yourself is how much of a gamble do you want to take? You know, like if you get Kareem Hunt, okay. You know, Kareem Hunt had a great week one, but then again, we're not looking at that same kind of ceiling. Like that's where you're looking for a, a low floor kind of guy. John, I mean, I think for me, I, I can't sell Cam Akers for less than a second, but I would want a running back of some kind of value to move into that area. Like, it's a super tricky one. We weren't even planning on talking about Cam Akers, but we might as well while we're doing it. Yeah, it, the move that I really like right now is trying to take advantage of panicking Cam Akers GMs. I, I would, if you have Daryl Henderson, I would reach out and see what they want and see if they could kind of, preserve their sunk well, cost in acres and dynasty zoltan put a poll up and mm -hmm. it was 52 to 48 who would you rather have 52 percent said mm -hmm. said acres 48 henderson yeah. and we're talking about like 
You know, if we yeah. were talking about that a couple months ago, it would have been 92 to 8. You know, it wouldn't even been close. I'd, yeah, I'd monitor the cost of acres, and I might consider picking them up in, in Dynasty for really cheap. So certainly if you have him, you know, see if you can't possibly get Henderson. I had him on one team and was able to get – this is redraft, but I got Daryl Henderson to go with him, and so I'm probably okay there. But yeah, that's kind of the idea. I mean, look at the guys, that the owners that have – ETN, maybe you sell him J-Rob and, and get a premium there. Henderson to the Acres owner, maybe reach out to the DAC owner. Like We're going to break down some of these types of moves that you can make after week one. I like it. Let's start first with the biggest news. You know, it's obviously Dak Prescott. You look at Dak Prescott, yeah. originally potentially out eight to ten weeks. You know, Jerry Jones comes out, says it's going to be four to six, but he he leaves Sunday night's loss in the fourth quarter. He's going to undergo surgery on his throwing hand and, and miss several weeks, no matter how it, it goes around there. Um, Dallas' schedule doesn't really get much easier. They got the Bengals this week. Week five, it's the Rams, the Eagles in week six. And, you know, we have an interesting situation here because a lot of people are fully invested in that Dallas Cowboys. So let's start with Dak Prescott. I mean, right now... I had an offer from Curtis Patrick and FFPC, talked to both of you guys. Unfortunately, missed it because I was at work and didn't get to hit that smash button. But he offered me Dak Prescott even for Justin Fields. You know, I feel like there is a scenario out there where we can move off of Dak Prescott if you're not feeling in a specific way. For you guys, like, who's that player you're trying to move off of? You know, like, in my opinion, Jalen Hurts, the way he played, has moved above where Dak Prescott is. You know, we have to have Trey Lance has got to be right there in that same area. We have to move Dak back a couple spots in value, but it becomes tricky of, like, how do we navigate that? You know, if it's four weeks, you might be able to get by. You know, if it's if it's closer to eight, we're talking half the season, and it's a risky-type assessment for, for me in that situation, Monk. Yeah, and I think it's important not to panic uh, with Dak Prescott, but at the same time, uh, you know, I've been a little bit lower on him heading into 2022. I know I had him ranked fairly low in redraft purely because the O-line injuries, right? Um, And now I think Connor McGovern's going to be out for quite some time. I don't remember what exactly his injury was during that Sunday night game, but that's another blow to that offensive line. Um, They traded away Amari Cooper for peanuts, and so really we're seeing a situation where Prescott is struggling to find open receivers. And at the same time, he's under constant pressure. And it's not that dissimilar to what we saw from Joe Burrow, except, you know, he had at least uh, before T Higgins got concussed, he had better weapons and even he struggled. So I think we're seeing a situation where Prescott long-term is still going to be fine. But even if he only misses four weeks, which I think it's probably going to be more than that, one, is he fully, you know, trusting the fingers, his accuracy decline for the rest of the season as that's healing? And two, is he just going to be constantly under pressure like we saw against Tampa? Now, you know, that obviously that's a really good defense. But in general, I, I do think that we should lower expectations for Prescott. So maybe he's more of a target for a rebuilding team. Yeah, and I like that. I mean, I, I put a Twitter poll out there just trying to get an idea. You know, I, w- I wanted to find out for Fields. 57% said they still prefer Dak. But if you are, you know, in, in a situation where you're trying to get both immediate production and some insulation, you know, th- that's a tough call. You got Dak Prescott versus Russell Wilson. The, the poll shows 57% prefer Wilson over Dak Prescott. And I feel like that is the kind of move where I might want to move 
move back that way a little bit. Dak Prescott and Trevor Lawrence, 60-40 in the way of Prescott. Dak Prescott to Derek Carr, 79-21. That shows me that maybe I can get Derek Carr in a first for a guy who's, who's panicking. Because if you look at a roster right now, and they have Dak Prescott as their QB2 and they don't have a QB3. Or their QB3 is someone who's extremely weak. Yeah, you know, I, like I feel like we need to target, now is the time to target that Dak Prescott owner and see what we can get. Because they're probably mm-hmm. panicking. They're like, yo, I'm a win now team. You know, I got a bunch of aging running backs. And I, I need to get off Dak Prescott to get someone else here. I mean, I did... Dak Prescott for Aaron Rodgers, 85-15, to because, I mean, Rodgers obviously struggled as well. So if you are in that spot, I would be going out and buying Dak Prescott wherever I possibly can. Obviously price-dependent, but you, you target that guy who owns the Dak Prescott. If you don't have Dak Prescott, if you have Dak Prescott, who are you trying to move on and pick up on the cheap end, John? Because there were some quarterbacks that had pretty good yeah. week ones mm-hmm. that I feel like, are decent options for a filler because if it's four weeks, you need a filler. If it's eight weeks, you need backups. Yeah, I'm actually coming back to the episode we did, Dak to the Future. So this is kind of like Dak to the Future Part Two here, where you know Marty is actually in the future, and I, I think that it's a great target for rebuilding teams. And if you own Dak, maybe you target one of these teams that is rebuilding. Maybe it's a punt. Maybe you play on potential points and you sell them on the fact that they can lower their potential points and get a long-term value. Some of the guys I might be looking at, I mean, can you possibly buy Joe Burrow low, right? After he just kind of got shellacked. I mean, I think that, yeah, he has his own O-line problems, but he's just going to keep airing it out. He's got so many weapons since he's going to put up points. So that might be something you could you could buy low. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, both had off weeks. I think they're going to both bounce back. I mean, if you recall, Aaron Rodgers last year, I had to go look it up, but he was the QB 34 after week one, 2021. Remember this one versus the Saints? He looked terrible. Went on to be the MVP. I'm not saying he's going to do an MVP, you know, for the third time in a row, but I mean, you could get him for pretty cheap, right? I remember there was like week two, three, four, five, six. It was hashtag always Aaron. I was like, you got to put him in there, right? But yeah. that's a great transition. We can talk about him in a second, but it's like we need to move off. Kirk Cousins had a solid week, so maybe you can get, you know, there, there's so many different targets Wilson, of guys maybe. that had that that first week. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers because that's one guy that I'm getting questions everywhere, you know. Uh, Tryhard Dynasty sent in a question that's at Dynasty Tryhard. The, the poll was Aaron Rodgers in a tw- 10-team Superflex or Davis Mills in Amari Cooper, and it is literally 50-50, you know, and I think – that is something where I think Aaron Rodgers, people are hitting that that absolute panic button. He's always found a way to get it done. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's lacking Devontae Adams, but we're looking at yeah. two fantasy points this week, you know, and it, sometimes it yeah. takes him a while to get going. But you almost have to, in my opinion, believe Aaron Rodgers gets it going. I, I do. I do. I think that what happened here, if you break this down, is he ran into a buzzsaw in Minnesota. <laughs> you know these Vikings fans, and I, and I love you guys, Skull, but – that's their Super Bowl is taking yes. out the the Packers and Rodgers. And they looked good. Like Minnesota, I'm kind of upgrading these guys a little bit. So you got to think about that. And he was, remember, he's down part of his offensive line. He's going to be getting back two offensive tackles. Yep. He gets back Lazard. They're going to figure things out. But you got these rookie wide receivers that are still trying to build rapport with him, build chemistry with Rodgers. I mean, I, 
I don't think he's going to be quite as good as he was last year. I mean, you got to knock him a little bit after seeing that and without Devontae. But I think he's actually a great buy low. I think, in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers falls into that back-end QB1, into that Mm -hmm. solid starting QB2 in that area. But it it just... Man, it was it was tough. I mean, if Christian Watson pulls down that seventy-five yard touchdown, and doesn't go story. right through. It's a different yeah. story. Uh, Mung, any any reactions there to Aaron Rodgers? Because this is one where it's a tough sell. I mean, I have him in a league where he's my QB three because I have Jalen Hurts and I have you know Tom Brady and the Aaron Rodgers is right there. And I'm like, I'm trying to sell him. No one will give a first all off season. Couldn't get a first. And it's like, you can't move back too far. And in this particular trade, you're getting Davis Mills and Amari Cooper, which isn't all that exciting either. Yeah, I, I, I will say, I think that trade is pretty close um, because I I have Amari Cooper ranked not too far behind Rodgers in that late first, early second range because we have to remember that, yes, he was missing his left tackle and right tackle. Um, Alan Lazard as well. Certainly looks better if Watson holds on to that touchdown. But at the same time, Rodgers is going to be 39 years old in like a month or two. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about what this Browns offense could be once Deshaun Watson comes back. And clearly Amari Cooper did very little uh, against Carolina in week one with Jacoby Brissett. But he he's the clear number one, I think, um, once Watson comes back and unlocks more of that downfield passing game. I know DPJ looked really good in week one, but I still think Cooper is the guy. And so it really depends, right? I don't think that you should be trying to sell Rodgers after this week because obviously no one's going to be willing to give up a whole lot. So Mm -hmm. I would just hope for a good stretch. I mean, he gets the Bears this week, so I think that'll be a big bounce back game for him and uh, try to sell for a 2023 first after that. He owns the Bears. Yeah, I was going to say. John, you brought up a great point about Dak Prescott, and I know we're, we're all trying to vibe and there's a lot of things going on, but it's like if you are in a potential points possible for that 101 and you have, mm-hmm. and I, I you guys know I did it in Smash 1, I traded Trevor Lawrence for Deshaun Watson yeah. because as soon as Deshaun Watson comes back, he's back in that top five to six tier. Dak Prescott is the same way. As soon as he comes back, he will be a top 10 dynasty quarterback. So if you can buy him for anyone in that tier slightly there below it's an instant addition to it so like when i was trying to do it with fields they're about a first apart in in value as soon as dak comes back it's all negated you know and you go in that way so you got to try to capitalize off of that i love that point i just wanted to come back to that quick um the the next question we have is this is one where Brees hall and michael carter so i saw so many different options going out there where people are, are trying to abandon ship on Brees Hall already. I'm seeing people going out and overpaying for Michael Carter. You know, there's people that just, they're just, it, it blows my mind. One of the guys in, in Smash Accept, you know, in the Patreon said that he was able, for Michael Carter, he was able to get Kadarius Tony. you know, who I thought, I know he only played limited snaps, but looked electric on the field. This Jets backfield situation is to me very reminiscent of what Jonathan Taylor was his his rookie year you look at Jonathan Taylor's first five six weeks we were in this situation where we're like okay he's putting up 15 16 in that range and then what happened the final eight weeks he was the RB1 Brees Hall has the same athletic profile the same you know production profile 
please do not sell Brees Hall after one week because Michael Carter dominated the touches. You know, I think where Michael Carter is a definite sell, Brees Hall to me is a screaming buy if someone's willing to go out there and and just offer him up. And I'm seeing trades now for an even up for a 23 first. You know, I saw Jamison Williams in a, and a 23 second. And I'm like, guys, this was our 101. I can't move off him that quick. What do you got, Buck? <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say, I, I think the talent is there. But, uh, you know, we envisioned this committee situation with the Jets, right? With um, LaFleur, who comes from um, the Shanahan tree, who is used to using a committee. And we know that Michael Carter was efficient in his own right as a rookie last season. So I, I do think it's going to be a, a split going forward. And that's part of the reason I had Drake London and Jameson Williams ranked ahead of Hall in my rookie rankings, because I think both of those guys have superstar potential at the wide receiver position versus Hall, who I do think is going to need a Carter injury uh, to really shine in fantasy. And at the same time, we're seeing that the Jets offensive line is really still struggling a lot. Um, so I, I just don't see a whole lot of touchdowns outside of those ones where he can break it in open space. For Hall on this Jets offense and in general I think we should manage our expectations for him and that doesn't mean that we should sell him low but if you can get you know a top pick a top 2023 first I'd much rather have that than Hall yeah I'm kind of more if you if you think the first is more in the mid range to late then yeah I would definitely prefer Brees Hall over a mid to late 23 first anything after those first six picks, but I'm, I mean, I'm kind of with you, dad. I'm, I'm definitely buying Brees Hall and selling Michael Carter. And I have to give some credit here to one of our favorite guys in the Patreon, Vince P V Pizzle. He managed to get Devonta Smith from Michael Carter today. Nice. Love that. Like that's an example of like exactly how you take advantage of this stuff in week one, but I'm, I'm kind of with Mung. Look, I mean, this year, you're going to have to take – it's going to take some patience. But, I mean, what rookie running backs don't require a little bit of patience? I love the the mid to long-term value of Brees Hall. Eventually that Jets offense is going to come together. Uh, but he might be a buy low for the next few weeks. Say, I'm, I'm excited with the fact that he did what we wanted him to do. He had six receptions, you know, for 38 yards in there. So we know he's a guy that can catch, catch passes. Carter was out there, I mean, with 10 carries for 60 yards. It was a negative game script in there. But as soon as he gets the opportunity, he is going to take over this this backfield, in my opinion. You know, and I feel like he's one of those guys, if Carter goes down, that value is, he's. I, I think he's a back-end RB1 who's going to, you know, win you some leagues. So if you can go out there and you can get him on the cheap, if you can get him for a 23 first, you know, that's in that mid or, or later range, Absolutely. If you can go and and cascade back off of a guy like Najee Harris, um, you know, and I think if and pick up something on top there, you get that insulation in there. And Najee Harris is a little bit banged up, so I, I think the sky is the limit for him. I'm I'm really excited about that. Sticking in the the backfield situations, uh, FF Jerk. You know, we put this out there. Who want, who do you guys want to hear about? He was like, and that's at Paulie Ocean. I got to hear about Stevenson, Harris, and Mac Jones. I mean, he goes, New England just looked rough. I mean, what are we doing with that New England situation? 
And are we trusting anybody going in to this particular week, Monk? Uh, I mean, a, a little bit more with Ty Montgomery on IR. Uh, he was seeing a lot of that passing down usage that I think we'll see an uptick for Stevenson. But at the same time, uh, I mean, I was fading both New England running backs uh, in my redraft rankings because we heard that Montgomery was getting that receiving usage and also because we heard that Matt Patricia is calling plays. I mean, we've seen what a Joe Judge offense looks like. We don't know what exactly his role is, but he's still involved there. And Matt Patricia was the defensive coordinator uh, for New England before his head coaching job, which he you know burned out and just flamed out within a couple of years. So I, this does not really give me much confidence. And they went out and traded for Devontae Parker, not exactly a true number one, but they seem to want to use him as one. And I, I think you know this is part of the reason I think Mac Jones was overhyped uh, coming out or coming out of uh, the preseason because of his rookie production when in reality i had him ranked outside of my top 20 fantasy quarterbacks and redraft and i I, this whole offense just looks really rough right now part of it is o-line issues and we know that that is very difficult to fix and i I think really if you can avoid these new england running backs hopefully you know you were able to sell on the hype for like an early second or even a 2023 first when the Ramondre Stevenson hype train was in you know full steam in August, um, but I, I, I guess you're holding now, right? Because no one no one's paying up for these guys after that week one stinker. Well, and I think you actually you 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 can't right now. I mean, you have to hold on to that. Uh, John, you've been big on on Stevenson. I've been big on Stevenson. You know, it didn't quite pan out week one. But how are you breaking down this mm-hmm. this entire situation? I, I'm really for this year kind of off New England as well. Uh, But I do like Stevenson in Dynasty. I think next year he's going to be the man. And I think that Belichick and and his staff will figure things out on offense. Mac Jones, I did feel like was a sell. I sold him in the leagues I had him. I do think he's like a low QB2 right now. So I think that uh, those are more mid to long-term plays that will take some patience. So there's, there's still value there in Dynasty, but I just don't know these guys are really going to help you that much this year. I think Damian Harris and Ramondre will cancel each other out. They'll have some good weeks, though, right? And I think that the Patriots will try to establish the run and play D. But I'm kind of with Mung. I'm really concerned about relying on anyone on the Patriots for the foreseeable future. I'm... I'm on this train where I'm I'm going back and I'm buying Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, you brought yeah. up Ty Montgomery. Okay. Ty, Ty Montgomery's on IR now. You know, he is he mm-hmm. went with an ankle injury and he's out of there. And they use that rotation, but it's like Ramondre Stevenson, in my opinion, has more juice. Damian Harrison was an RB two last year. Stevenson has that in there. Like I, I don't want to give up on either of these guys because I'm seeing you know I'm seeing Damian Harris as a toss in kind of guy in a lot of trades. Um, Mac Jones, you know, I want to believe in the prospect. There was a lot of debate in the Patreon, Mac Jones versus, you know, Trevor Lawrence and a lot of people buying in on Mac Jones, but it looks like it's a wait and see situation there, you know, in New England, some, some struggling rookie quarterbacks, you know, not rookie, but in, you know, his, his second year, um, Mung in the same token. And obviously the, the weather conditions were abysmal. I mean, it was a monsoon. But I have a lot of people reaching out and saying, hey, what 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 should I expect from, from Trey Lance and Justin Fields after that first game? And, you know, you could take it with a grain of salt. 
it has created a buy window for either of the players because of that that rain situation and what was going on there, you know, in Chicago. Yeah, real quick before we get there, I will throw out, uh, I would be buying Pierre Strong right now. Um, I think this uh, Ty Montgomery injury will give him an opportunity to potentially uh, see the field now and potentially shine even with the O-line issues because he's a better fit for this new type of run scheme that they want to run in New England. So I'll just say that. And then as far as the Bears 49ers game uh, goes, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> what time is it right now? Let me, let me clock myself. Um, I'll, I'll try to keep this as brief as possible because I, it just baffles me that people are basing good and bad off of this one game where, you know, I, I live in Chicago. I, I woke up and the rain was just pounding on the windows. Uh, it died down a little bit close to noon, but then it started back up. And I just don't know that you can tell that much. Um, from this game in terms of a true quarterback analysis Mm -hmm. from a fantasy standpoint. I'm not sure why people are disappointed uh, about Trey Lance who got 13 carries for 54 rushing yards. Um, I mean, neither quarterback passed for more than 200 yards. I think Lance had like 160 and fields just 120. Uh, So I I don't really understand, uh, you know, the overreactions to this one with the weather. Um, For me, I think that this is going to be kind of a Rorschach test, right? If you were out on Lance before, you're way more out on him now. And if you're in on Lance like I was, this isn't like a huge reason to panic because of the weather. And at the same time, I think this Elijah Mitchell injury is going to open up two possibilities. Um, One, I think we might see even more design runs for Lance uh, when they're going to another running back that they may not trust quite as much as as Mitchell. And two, I think this opens up the possibility that the Niners might open up the offense more. And they were really conservative, partially probably because Lance's first regular season start. Also due to the weather, a lot of vanilla run schemes. Uh, We didn't really see any of those razzle-dazzle plays that Shanahan likes to throw in there because the, the conditions just didn't really allow for those big plays downfield, right? So you can't really scheme up those things. And so in general, I I would say that this is neither good or bad for Lance or Fields. Um, I would just, I haven't really moved them up or down in my rankings. They're both still strong rushing prospects uh, with passing upside. John, there's two guys in that game that really stuck out to me. And and you can can Mm -hmm. go into Lance, but we'd be remiss if we don't talk about the guys that all offseason I've been saying, get Khalil Herbert thrown in your trades and Jeff Wilson. And both of those guys, I mean, Mm -hmm. Khalil Herbert sprouted into a you know a fantastic backup last year but now he gets some play in there you know he ends up putting 11 11 fantasy points up and Jeff Wilson now goes from that guy that was potentially out there on your waiver or a guy to get thrown in to a potential starter there in San Francisco now yeah I think Jeff Wilson is a nice buy for redraft and Khalil Herbert a, a nice buy for dynasty Jeff Wilson might be the best waiver wire move for the week I think we're looking at him over the next seven, eight weeks as the potential starter and in, in a run heavy scheme, I'd, I'd view him as like a back end RB two flex type play, but if you need an RB two or RB three, great pickup. Here's the thing though. I would kind of temper expectations a bit on Jeff Wilson, because I think it's really going to be Debo. Debo is going to be a wide back again. We already saw it in week one mm-hmm. and he had the rushing touchdown 
and they like using him. I think they actually trust him in the backfield to make plays, perhaps even more than Jeff Wilson. The reality is they're both going to get used. Just keep that in mind that it may end up being kind of a combination of Debo, Jeff Wilson, and maybe, who knows, it, it's Mason or some, someone else that yeah. Shanahan wants to mix in there. So that's an interesting one, right? Um, but with Herbert, yeah, I think that that's pretty interesting. He, he actually got the goal line work over full money in that game, and he actually looked pretty good at times. So that's something I'm monitoring. But if Montgomery's going to move on, maybe they actually will trust Khalil Herbert, and he could be their top running back this time next year. And I'm getting people messaging me, should I trade a 23 second for Jeff Wilson? If you haven't listened to our pod for the last couple of months, no. You should not trade a 23 a no. second. You know, we did an entire pod on 23 twos. Don't throw all that out the window. Don't throw all that work that you've been putting in there just to kind of grab a guy that, you know, we don't know what kind of situation. Uh, John, you know, we did the hot takes last week. Super fun episode. If you guys haven't listened to it, you know, we we nailed it with a couple guys. And we're not trying to do a week one, you know, victory lap. You know, victory you, lap, yeah. I said DeAndre Swift top six this year. You said Saquon. Both of them looked phenomenal. But the the pick that I want to talk about is you said, you know, you went a little bit hot. Jameis Winston, you know, being in that area. And the first mm-hmm. half didn't look good. But Jameis Winston finished as a top 12 quarterback in, in week one. And, you know, he was able to sustain Jarvis Landry, had uh, over 100 yards receiving. Michael Thomas had two touchdowns. And these are the guys that were like, forgot about completely. And now we have so many questions of, what do I do with Michael Thomas? Can I trust Jameis Winston? Is is Jarvis Landry a guy who I can put in my second or third flex spot? That's a lot of questions thrown right at you. Hit it. Yeah, I think that, look, like we said, I mean, I, I was kind of calling it, maybe it was a hot take, but I said he could finish as a back-end QB1, and he did in week one. Again, it was against Atlanta. He had to kind of shake off the rust and figure a few things out. But that offense, he's got everything he needs to be very successful, and they want to throw the ball. I mean, Taysom Hill, I think everyone was just groaning when they watched him go in, and apparently they're going to still use him um, in that kind of wildcat scheme. That was tough to watch. But, look, they they needed Jameis, and he was throwing it downfield. He was finding guys open. Michael Thomas, how much fun was that to see him catch two touchdowns? He's probably um, one of the biggest stock beneficiaries from week one, major stock boost for him With i think Olave looked pretty good at times yeah my suggestion is be if you can get any 23 first even if you got to throw a third in there you do it mm-hmm. but i'm i'm okay with paying a 24 first if you feel like you are you know and i i've actually kicked that offer out there it's like a 24 first yeah for michael thomas and maybe you get a little Makes bit of sense. juice back i agree but i was like if he's out there and he looks like this i think we could see a you know back end wide receiver one again with some serious upside. Uh, Mung, on the Atlanta side, I mean, Marcus Mariota had the legs. He put up, you know, a, a decent QB two week. Corderell Patterson, you know, we all rode him off. He was in there and, you know, he put up an RB two week. And then your boy Drake London goes out, you know, five for 72 and Kyle Pitts struggled. I mean, what are we overreacting on this side? What are we underreacting? Does it feel like the right kind of play? Because I didn't expect Atlanta to be in the game, but the offense, you know, they clicked. They were able to put up, you know, 26 points and, and be in the game. Yeah, well, real quick, we can't talk about Michael Thomas and not talk about Jarvis Landry's seven for 114, right? I mean, he looked really good 
And, and mm-hmm. we saw him really being used out of the slot and just closer to the line of scrimmage um, in Cleveland when they were more of a run-heavy offense. But I, I think Landry might be a quiet by low. You can probably still get him for like a mid-late second. I don't think too many people are excited about Landry right now. So wanted to touch on that. But, yeah, I, I think Kyle Pitts will be fine. And Drake London already looks good. Uh, you know, true alpha. That's one of the reasons I had him as my 1.01 in my rookie rankings. Uh, for one quarterback and for uh, Superflex. And, uh, I mean, in general, the offense is going to run through the, those two guys, right? I, I will say um, beyond them, I, I would consider selling high on Cordero Patterson because despite his big day, uh, you know, we saw him decline as the season progressed last year. And at the same time, we saw Damian Williams take most of the snaps uh, on the first drive before he got hurt. So depending on his injury and depending on who else they want to rotate in, we might not see Patterson be quite the workhorse that he was in week one. John, I mean, the the guy that I, I, I'm going to get bashed for it. So fine. Let's, let's let it happen. But Thomas O'Brien put it out there. He said trading three twenty three firsts, all of them considered maybe mid to late for Kyle Pitts in a 12 team super flex. And I advise on that. Absolutely not. Like there are Kyle Pitts is a late first in Superflex startups. 323 first with how much work that you've put in and looked into this 23 class. I have seen two trades this one and then I saw a trade Travis Kelsey in 223 first for Kyle Pitts and I don't know if we get to see Kyle Pitts in that, you know, capacity this year. I don't see the value going up much more than where it is right now. And I feel like throwing out there 323 first in a loaded class like this just feels like a real potential of losing some money. Yeah, again, we kind of have to condition ourselves like these 23 firsts are worth more than historical firsts have been, full stop, right? And so I'm, I'm definitely taking 323 firsts over pits right now. And, 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 you know, cashing in on the value where it's at. I'm not too concerned about Pitts overall. I think he's going to be fine. I think they got to figure things out there with Mariota. We may see Ritter later in the season. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely with you on this. I would take the 323 first, especially if we think some of those are early. That's really good return on Pitts for sure. Yeah, and I was telling people that in the offseason in 2021, yeah, I'd, I'd trade 321 firsts. For Kyle Pitts, I won't three, trade three twenty-three or twenty-three twenty-twos. I'm not trading twenty-three firsts for Kyle Pitts in that area. You know, if you can, if you mm-hmm. can scale back and do it, but it, it just everyone keeps wanting to buy him, and I feel like you just—he's priced himself out of the market. You just can't do it. Uh, moving over to the Bengals Steelers game, you know, T Higgins gets banged up. Joe Burrow out there throwing picks. They end up banging, you know, coming back there and and and. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase is that guy. But I think the biggest concern for me is Najee Harrison and Joe Burrow here. Joe Burrow is going to struggle to stay upright. I mean, the offensive line is still a big-time struggle. He's going to put up big fantasy points, I feel like, in some of these situations. But he, that offensive line is going to struggle. And Najee Harris, you know, as many shares as I have, he's banged up now. You know, it looks like he avoided the high ankle sprain. But... Ankle sprains can be a nagging injury throughout mm-hmm. the entire season, you know, until they get to those bye weeks. I was out there with my Najee Harris shares trying to trade back for DeAndre Swift, trying to trade for Brees Hall plus, uh, trying to add, I offered Bateman and Najee Harris for, for Jonathan Taylor. You know, I'm trying to just 
potentially ankle injuries worry me. And I feel like this is a situation here with, with Najee Harris where this could slow him down for multiple weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on, on both of those takes. I, I think we kind of have to knock Najee down a little bit, if, especially if he's trying to play at less than 100%. And I think the Pittsburgh O-line is perhaps just as bad as the Cincy O-line. I mean, that game was ugly perhaps because of that. You had two offensive lines that are really struggling and just didn't have protection to let plays open up. So a little bit concerned for, for Burrow. But they, at the end of the day, man, they just kept firing. That was an absolute wild game. We were joking that the Buffalo Wild Wings commercials were kicking in, and they somehow kept that game going, missed kicks, crazy plays. Uh, but, but, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to be patient with really everyone on both those offense offenses. One guy that I was really happy to see look really good was Muth. Our boy Pat Farmuth mm-hmm. led all tight ends in target share in Pittsburgh and, and had a number of catches and they were actually looking at him in the red zone too. Deontay looked good too. Still had his 30% plus target share. So Pickens I, disappeared. He's, he's going to be one fine catch as well. For three yards. Yeah. You Pickens know, that did was the one where, yeah, yeah. A little bit surprising. Um, we got, we got mm-hmm. to kind of go a little bit more rapid fire here. Eagles Lions game. I absolutely loved it. You guys know it. I would have, I would have yeah. loved to see a, a few more rushing touchdowns for Jalen hurts instead of, four different guys getting those carries. Mm -hmm. But among the biggest takeaway from that game for me is AJ Brown is finally the alpha of a team, a team that's finally like the chemistry between Jalen hurts and AJ Brown was mind blowing. Like Devonta Smith was absent, not a single catch. And AJ Brown just looked the part of what we, what we had anticipated the year before, you know, and he looked like right where he needed to be. And that chemistry between him and Jalen Hurts, it didn't start out fast, but once it got clicking, I mean, I can see where Jalen Hurts is going to be a top five quarterback. And and A.J. Brown has the ceiling of a top five wide receiver this year. Yeah, I, I was admittedly a little bit lower than consensus on Brown. I wanted to see what this Eagles offense would look like. Um, they came out slinging, and not only that, uh, it wasn't really much of a, a split target share. It was pretty much the A.J. Brown show, and I don't know targets, that it's going to be quite that high you know, every single week, but I think it, it's definitely a good sign that they're using him on those shorter and intermediate routes, whereas it seemed like Tennessee really had him going deep on those play-action uh, shots, which, you know, granted, when they hit, they're, they're huge gains, but, I mean, to see him in this kind of role is super encouraging. As long as he can stay healthy, he's absolutely going to finish as a top five, top seven wide receiver this year. So, yeah, definitely very bullish on him right now. Christian Avila sent in a trade where it's 2024 first or Miles Sanders, John. I mean, if you're out there, Miles Sanders looked fantastic. He finally got in the end zone again. I feel like if it's a difficult situation because Kenny Gainwell got his touchdown and some yards in there. And Boston Scott got his touchdown. And it, it might be a committee kind of thing. Yeah. Are you giving up? What's the most that you would pay for Miles Sanders? And to answer Christian's question, would that be a 24 first? Believe it or not, I would actually um, not pay much more than a second for Miles Sanders. Maybe maybe a second and a third or two seconds max if I really had to have him. I think it's a committee. I mean, we saw Boston Scott score. We saw Kitty Gainwell score. Hertz is going to call his number a lot. I was you know, happy to see Miles Sanders score for the first time in two years. And I do think he'll probably score again. Eagles offense looked good. It was against Detroit. 
But but look, I, I, I really would be cautious for overpaying with Sanders on a one-week sample size. That's my concern. I think my biggest takeaway from that game also is go buy the Slim Reaper. I mean, zero catches and zero yards. But Devonta yeah. Smith is just so cheap now. Just you know, buy him, yeah. He was mm-hmm. 900 plus yards. I'm seeing people selling him for late seconds. I'm seeing people like you said, you know, V Pizzle got him from Michael Carter. I feel like you go out there and and kick the tires. And Amon Ross St. Brown, as much as there's been trash talk on him, you know, and when Jamison Williams gets on the field, it might be different, but he was still that alpha guy. Eight catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown on 12 targets. Another great game. I mean, I think the hate on Amon Ross St. Brown is he's going to get volume. He he gets open, you know, and I thought Jared Goff played really well down the stretch. So they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. It looked like he's that guy that they're going to go there. Think about would the day you, that... De- uh, would you rather have Amon Ross St. Brown or Devontae Smith right now? Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I, I was... Like, they're neck and neck in yeah, the draft too, process, but given given what's going on, yeah. I, I mean, I would take yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown, but it's not a lot of a, a difference for me. Uh, I don't disagree. And then, you know, follow up, would you pay a, a 2023 first for either of those guys? No. I wouldn't in the offseason before the week started, and I certainly wouldn't now. I, I would pay a 24 first for, for either of them, and I feel like that's just we, – we keep talking that way. That's what's going to happen. I would pay two 23 seconds for, for Amon Ross St. Brown. I would probably pay a 23 second plus for Devonta Smith as well. Um, you know, and I, I think that's that tricky thing we're going to try to navigate all year, right, is like – they're not worth the 23 first. Let's get creative on how we're going to get them in that situation. Uh, yeah. Jamal, Jamal Williams goes out and just snipes. You know, he gets to his two touchdowns or else DeAndre Swift might have just gone nuclear. You know, and I think you can still mm-hmm. buy DeAndre Swift. If you were watching that game, watching him 144 yards on the ground, multiple big-time plays, 50-yard run. I just believe in DeAndre Swift, the talent. I think he is going to be an RB1, maybe top five, if he stays healthy. And Jamal Williams just kind of just came in there and just vultured a couple. But if that didn't happen, he would not be attainable. He is at this point. Uh, Ravens-Jets. You know, we talked about the Jets a little bit, but we got to talk about the Ravens. I mean, Devin Duvernay comes out, two touchdowns. Um, Lamar Jackson throws for three. I think we have some, some interesting things there. I mean, was it luck? For Devin Duvernay, or is he going to be some of those out there? Mark Andrews, you know, there's so many things to dissect from the Baltimore side of it. I don't want to count anything against the Jets because Joe Flacco was that guy. If anything, for me, it's still a buy low on Brees Hall. It's a buy low on Elijah Moore. I think the the Jets will be fine when Zach Wilson comes back. Mung, what did, what did you take away from this game, and what are some, some ways that we can maybe add a little bit of value making some trades? Yeah, I mean, I think really this is more concerning for Garrett Wilson than anything, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen that rookie wide receivers start slow, but they'll eventually get more involved. Yeah, but well, I just don't know how much. 59 pass attempts, man. 59, if you don't get involved in that. Yeah. I, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, right? In a game where they just needed somebody to step up. I mean, Elijah Moore seems to be the clear number one there, um, but even he struggled to produce. And I just, I don't know that, either Flacco or Wilson are going to be the answer for wide receiver production behind this Jets offensive line that's really, really struggling. And 
they don't really have any outs. It's not like they have someone who's you know close to returning from injury that's going to instantly bolster this line. Um, and on the Ravens side, I think we have to be a little bit concerned about J.K. Dobbins for the same reason, right? On top of his ACL and LCL recovery, now this offensive line is still struggling a lot. They just lost their left tackle. Um, we still don't know when Ronnie Stanley is going to be back either. Uh, I mean, a lot of holes on both of these offensive lines. And I, I think, you know, if you can still get a 2023 first for Dobbins, I, I'd gladly take that. They're going to be hungry to have him back. That's for sure. I know, John, you've been big on Dobbins. But, I mean, it, it's Garrett Wilson's another guy who I know you, you love both of those guys. What are you willing to pay for either, given the situation? And are, are you scared from what you've seen week one? Yeah, I think that if you're buying Garrett Wilson, you're not really counting on him for this year. And you could say that for a number of these rookies. I still love the talent. And I I think that at some point, hopefully the Jets do figure things out. We need to kind of see what it looks like with Zach Wilson out there before I would panic on Garrett Wilson. So if you have him right now, he's just a hold. And he's he's maybe not going to gain any value in the near term. But you just got to bet on the talent. And that's exactly what I would still think with J.K. Dobbins. And I don't think that anyone was really, really counting on him for week one. And we'll have to see when he actually does return. But I still am betting on the talent. You know, what am I willing to pay kind of back end of the the 23 first, 24 type picks would would definitely be worth it um, in my mind still for for either those guys, depending on your roster construction and what you need there. I would pay the I would pay the twenty three first for Dobbins now, but I mean I can't pay a twenty three first for Wilson. Uh, for Wilson, yeah, okay. Commanders Jaguars game, and this was surprising. Carson Wentz goes out, and throws four touchdowns. You know, like he was at QB one last year in the right is you know status going there. Antonio Gibson, he goes out and gets eight targets. We talked about he wasn't going to be super involved. He's been a, a value. Jahan Dotson goes out. Five targets, two touchdowns. He just balls out. And and everyone mm-hmm. got involved in there. And it is the Jaguars. I get that. The Jaguars side of the ball, it's like James Robinson dominated the carries, dominated the touches. He got the touchdowns. He was the guy that was involved there. And we kind of thought it was a little bit of the opposite. And then the other guy who I've been kind of slowly just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pay a second for him or I'm going to get him thrown in deals. Christian Kirk goes out. They paid him. You got to chase the bag. Six catches, 117 yards, no touchdowns, or else we might be saying his value has really skyrocketed. Mung, this is—I mean, this isn't an, a fun game unless you're a uh, you know a fan of either of the two game two teams here. But I think there's a lot to unpack and, and try to look into the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I, I think really um, this is a good sell high window on Antonio Gibson. Uh, wasn't mm-hmm. super efficient on the ground, got a lot of work, but Brian Robinson is expected by midseason or so. Um, the, the one silver lining I will say is Gibson's passing down usage. If they mm-hmm. actually give him more of that receiving work um, in McKissick's stead, once Brian Robinson's back, that could actually keep his uh, fantasy value inflated. But that said, I, I'd still sell for any first, not that I think most people are going to be paying that. Um, and then also, I think this is a, a quiet sell-high opportunity on Jahan Dotson. Now, I say that because he got the two touchdowns, uh, but just five targets. Mm-hmm. That said, I'm not selling just to sell, right? Dotson looked really good. And again, this is another team that could be getting a quarterback upgrade 
uh, in the near future. So I think if you can get a 2023 first for Dotson, I'm taking that. If not, I'm fine holding. But I don't think you were able to get a first uh, before you know this game. Yeah, I, I saw a couple trades with Jahan Dotson in there. There and the same thing we're talking about is like people trying to get creative. I've seen some 24 firsts. I've seen some 23 seconds plus, and that that seems to be that that kind of way. Uh, Panthers Bears or <laughs> Panthers Browns game. DJ Moore, everybody kind of predicted potential breakout coming here. You know, see what happens. Christian McCaffrey, he's finally healthy. And John, neither of them really get it done this week. No, there's really not a lot to get excited about for either of those teams outside some of the running backs. Uh, CMC, I think, is still going to be legit this year. So just be a little bit patient with him. I thought it was interesting that Cleveland used Kareem Hunt so much, even in yes. the red zone again. You know, Chubb was really kind of between the 20s for a lot of the game and looked okay. Mm-hmm. I think they will rely on their running backs to, to move the ball in Cleveland. So those guys are were okay as well. But, yeah, there's just not a lot to get excited about. I mean, is Robbie Anderson really going to be a thing again? You know, I, I don't think we're really going to go by Robbie. Uh, I think DJ Moore will actually end up being okay and just will take a little bit of patience, not overreacting there. Kareem Hunt is the biggest benefactor of Jacoby Brissett starting and not Deshaun sure. Watson. Jacoby mm-hmm. Brissett absolutely loves to dump it off on those short routes and get it out there, and I think Kareem Hunt is is truly benefiting off of that. And the other wide the wide receivers for Cleveland are going to you know just be patient. Wait till Watson comes back. And if you're still in that area, we can definitely move on with that. Um Mung, we're going over to the, the, the Colts-Texans game. Ends in a tie. John, it ruined my parlay. Like, I had a perfect oh, parlay. And it tied. field goal. Oh, that's the worst. Crazy. That's the worst. Um, but Matt Ryan has, you know, 350 yards. But the thing to take away, we we hyped him hard, Mung. Michael Pittman just balled out. Nine for 131 on 13 targets. Michael Pittman season is truly here. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot to say about this game, to be honest. I think really Michael Pittman and uh, Taylor are who this offense is going to run through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, more interesting is can Davis Mills play the Texans out of like a top three, top four pick and maybe find some some measure of job security? I, I still am not quite certain about that, but I think – you know, I'm not buying Mills, I guess, is what no. is what I'm saying. But I'm also hesitant to mm-hmm. sell right now because of that possibility of, of him just looking pretty good. Um, now, obviously, Indianapolis lost their uh, defensive coordinator uh, over the offseason. So I think that partially has to do with it. But at the same time, we saw even as a rookie, Mills looked pretty good uh, to, the, to the point where, you know, in a super flex format, I'm probably holding if the best offer I'm getting is a 2023 20, second right now. Uh, Giants, Titans, of course, Mung, I'm going to let you talk about Saquon in a second, but two things that, that really stuck out to me was Sterling Shepard just bounced back for a 15 point week, and Kadarius Tony, as I was watching the game, looked like the best wide receiver for the Giants, but played 11% of snaps. Like he was barely out there. And when he was out there, he made some nice plays. It's going to be an interesting situation trying to figure out who that guy is in, in that Giants wide receiver core, John. 
Yeah, I, I'm really kind of staying away from everything other than Saquon on the, the Giants offense. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I'm really not a Kadarius Tony guy, and I, I don't know that they have really figured out how to use him yet. The thing that really stuck out to me in this game that I was really excited to see was Kyle Phillips. Mm-hmm. He was targeted on 43% of his routes run, nine targets to lead the Titans, six receptions, 66 yards. So he's legit. I mean, he's a guy that maybe you get tossed in. I think he might be worth even a maybe a mid to late second. It's not often that you see a an offense trusting a rookie that much. And mm-hmm. if you watch the game, I mean, he's getting open. He's you quick. Out. You can get him for a so twenty-three. Like throw out a twenty-three-three and a twenty-four-three. There you, you know, go. Throw out a pair of three. Go, you go might be able to Kyle just Phillips. get him. On, you might be mm-hmm. able to get him for just one. Uh, Mung, I mean. You know, Saquon goes out there over 200 yards, 33 fantasy points. You know, kudos to both of you guys for being on him. I didn't trade my assets of Saquon Barkley, but like I, you know, from listening to both of you guys, so a little victory lap there. Love the way that he was utilized in week Balls. one. Yeah, I will say Kyle Phillips looked good. Uh, you know, could be the sequel to uh, the Hunter Renfro story that we saw last year, potentially. Uh, <laughs> Because, mm-hmm. you know, Robert Woods coming off ACL, Traylon Burks looking like he's not quite ready to contribute. So maybe this does become Kyle Phillips' number one receiver in Tennessee. Uh, and speaking of Saquon Barkley, real quick, I wanted to ask you guys, how would you rank right now in Dynasty? Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, and Brees Hall, those five. I still have Swift at two. I, I, I had a poll that somebody asked me today. And I, because I had I had Swift at two and Najee at three, and someone messaged me and they were like, "Hey, I'm gonna give up Najee in an early second for Saquon." And I feel like from one week we move back two rounds, you know, and just throw in that second round pick, you know, like that's I want to move him up because I love Penn State, I love Saquon Barkley, the ceiling is right up there, you know, but I feel like we're one injury away from that like falling way down. So, I mean, I would move him. I would have him equivalent to Christian McCaffrey. I would still have him below Swift and below Najee and Javante Williams. I mean, if he scores, he, he looked fantastic. I mean, Javante Williams, if he punches it in the end zone, he was RB 12. If he had scored from the one, he would have been RB two for the week, the way he played too. So, I mean, it's like, I feel like that tier is going to be something fun to monitor, but I feel like Saquon has moved into that, that, you know, Jonathan Taylor's still in a tier by himself. Mm-hmm. I think DeAndre Swift is going to get closer to Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor, but I feel like all of the rest of them are right there in that tier for me. Yeah, that's about where I have them as well. I I would consider potentially putting him ahead of Brees Hall, which might surprise some folks, but man, he looks so good. He looked like he was completely back. I think we he was clocked as the second fastest player of the entire week. He got up to like over 21 miles an hour. So the speed is back. The burst mm-hmm. is there and that offensive line is improved. So wheels up. And I, I think you can look at this from either direction. We talk about it as like, if you were that guy that's had Saquon all year last year and you couldn't move him and you couldn't get proper value in the off season, you can now, if that's the way you want to move. And if you want, you, you can't buy him now, you know, you can't go out there and make an offer for Saquon because it's going to be absurd. You know, like you're going to have to come out there and pay. But if you want to move back and get some insulation, I understand that. But man, did he look good. I mean, he looked like that guy who was a top three to five running back his rookie year. Uh, Packers, Vikings, sticking with the running backs. I mean, A.J. Dillon looked better than Aaron Jones. You know, and A.J. Dillon looked 
looked to be the part, an absolute beast in the backfield. And Dalvin Cook did not get in the end zone, but he looked good. The value is there. People are out there selling Dalvin Cook. I would be buying because I think Dalvin Cook is going to have a, a monster season. But both of those running backs, interesting. You know, definitely worth monitoring. Chiefs Cardinals. Now, this was fun, right? Patrick Mahomes among, like, we people are talking about, hey, let's move Herbert ahead of him, which I, I, I have. But I was like, people are talking about, hey, let's move Mahomes into the next one just because it feels like it's boring because it was Patrick Mahomes because he lost Tyreek Hill. Then he throws five touchdowns. I mean, five. He goes back out there and eight, he got Travis Kelsey, eight catches, 121 in a score. Tra- Mahomes is still a top three quarterback. Travis Kelsey is still that number one tight end. No questions asked when you go out there. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire balled out. 22 fantasy points, two touchdowns. I mean, it was fun to see KC. It was fun to see Juju emerge and see Mahomes having to be a different kind of quarterback now, right? He can't just lock on to Tyreek. He had to find that guy and just work the room. And I absolutely loved watching that game. Yeah, that definitely did as well. That that was just a fun offense. He proved he could do it without Tyreek. And he had some doubters after kind of how things finished up for him last year. So, I mean, the stock is ticking up for all of these Chiefs. I mean, Travis Kelsey was like the clear tight end one again. And uh, Juju looked good. CEH looked good. I think Pacheco is kind of interesting. So definitely check, just kind of kick the tires, check the values on some of these Chiefs. Yeah, and, and buy on some of the Cardinals. I mean, Kyler, mm-hmm. Kyler I think, is going to be fantastic. Hollywood. Hollywood's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Chargers, Raiders, you know, Devontae Adams. I know we, we got to fly through this. Crazy. Devontae looks so Adams good. looked – he didn't Incredible. miss a beat. He, yeah. he literally didn't miss a beat. Eckler was a guy that we we've been touting to to sell. I think he still is. Like I I think I'm still moving there before the the value drops off. Bucks Cowboys. Ceedee Lamb's gonna be. You know we got to talk about what Cooper Rush is out there. I know he threw for Cooper Rush's only start threw for two touchdowns and 300 yards or one touchdown and 300 yards. But don't hit the panic button on Ceedee Lamb and undersell. But I feel like we're gonna have a little bit of struggles and some some lumps and bumps and you know. The I, I still can't believe Russell Wilson doesn't go into Seattle and and John you called it like you, that's going to be their Super Bowl. Russell Wilson did throw for three forty, you know, but it do not panic on Cortland Sutton. Do not panic on Jerry Judy. You know, Judy went over a hundred yards in the touchdown, but most of that all on one play there. Don't panic on these guys. The thing is, Javante looks good. I think that offense is going to click, you know. And I know we went rapid fire there, but guys, I mean, I'm just excited to have football back. We, we tried to give you as much content of like, hey, don't overreact, don't underreact. If you have these, right now, my, my DMs are insane. You know, people are like, what do I do with this trade? What do I do? That? Keep hitting us up. Hashtag smash accept. Tag John, tag Mung, tag myself, Adam, Josh, Ian, any of those guys. You know, tag them and, and let's start getting some, some, uh, some talk out there. John and Mung, what's the biggest thing you're excited to see week two? Go ahead, Mung. Uh, I think we're going to get to see Trey Lance not in a monsoon. So for better or worse, we're going to see, you know, what he can do in the Shanahan offense. Maybe we'll get George Kittle back. Uh, I I just really want to see him play against the Seahawks, which it might be more of a game than we thought after uh, they knocked out uh, Denver in week Mm -hmm. one. So uh, I'm just excited to, to watch a lot more football. Yeah, for me, I just can't wait for this Thursday game, Chiefs-Chargers. 
How much oh, yeah. fun is that going to be with Herbert versus Mahomes and all these playmakers could be one of these shootouts that we've been talking about for a while. But, you know, again, my, my advice is like week one can be completely overwhelming. You're just, it's like information overload and you're processing all this stuff. So hit us up and I'm just going to throw just a couple of last uh, data points here for you guys. After week one in 2021, this time last year, Tyson Williams was a top 10 running back ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Eckler I, was RB27. Henry was RB31. Second for Williams <laughs> yeah. because I was like, let's do yeah. it. I so like we yeah. talk about these things and we're trying to give you cautionary tales mm-hmm. because let's be honest, we've all done them. You know, we've yeah. we've made those moves. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, Jefferson was the wide receiver 45 after after um, week one last year. Stefan Diggs is wide receiver 29. And then you had like Corey Davis was the wide receiver five. Remember Juwan Johnson? He was the tight end five after week one with two touchdowns and he disappeared. So, uh, you know, don't go nuts for OJ Howard as an example, right? So don't overreact, but do react and hit us up with all of these options that you have with your trades. And we're going to have a lot of fun breaking it down all season for you. You can find me at dynasty underscore trades. And I'm, I'm excited to watch that uh, Vikings Eagles game. I think Justin Jefferson is going to get the triple crown this year. He just looks unstoppable. I hate the fact that he's coming to Philadelphia to you know, where he should have been all along, which, you know, just would have put Jalen Hurts over the top. Now, thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.